Hello everyone, I hope you guys are having a lovely, lovely Thursday morning. This is Thursday morning here on the East Coast, here in Northern Virginia. I am your host, Cameron Mann, and you're listening to another episode of Cam on Camera. I know it has been a few days since I have last spoken to you guys. And thank you so much for, to all my listeners out there. I really do appreciate it. I see my numbers climbing slowly but surely, and I really do appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who has been listening consistently to my podcast. We have a busy day today, guys. On this episode of Cam on Camera, we're going to be discussing everything from there's a new Wizard, Wizard of Oz remake in the works over at Warner Brothers. We have... Uh, we're, we're going to be talking about Gina Carano being fired from The Mandalorian as Cara Dune. We're going to be talking about how J.K. Simmons has joined the new Lucille Ball movie with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. And last but certainly not least, we have some casting for The Last of Us series that is joining HBO Max. We don't know when production starts, but we have our casting for our two main characters of Joel and Ellie. So without further ado, guys, let's get into the episode. The first, the first, excuse me, story we are going to cover is the fact that we have a Wizard of Oz remake that is coming. So this is from our friends, our buddies over at Variety.com. It says Wizard of Oz remake in the works at New Line with director Cole Cassell. Now. I'm not the biggest fan of Wizard of Oz. I love Wicked, the musical, which is based on Wizard of Oz loosely, and it covers, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West's perspective. Um, but yeah, I like the movie with Judy Garland, you know. Not a huge Wizard of Oz fan, but I like it enough. So I'm open for a remake. Some people are like, don't touch, don't touch Wizard of Oz. It's a classic, and it is. But I kind of am, I'm kind of come from it, from the perspective as, uh, that John Campia, the great John Campia, who's one of my favorite movie critics out there, who has a YouTube channel, uh, John Campia, the John Campia Show, which if you guys love movie news, you guys should definitely check his channel out. If you just go to youtube.com, type in John Campia, and you will see his uh, his uh, picture there. Just click on him, check out his show, his movie news show, and it is a great one. That you guys should definitely check out but yeah he believes that even if with all these remakes and stuff if the remake is bad you always have the original to go back to so it doesn't damage you know the original in any way and I'm, I, I i agree with him on that so even if this wizard of oz remake is bad quote unquote bad you know you always have the 1939 classic with judy garland so let's get into this article guys Nicole Cassell, who was the director of Watchmen, that Watchmen HBO series, which was a great adaptation from the comic book. Nicole Cassell has directed the film, an adaptation of L. Frank Baum's beloved book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Baum's story has been retold on the big and small screen many times over the years. The most memorable being the classic 1939 musical starring Judy Garland. Yet New Line promises the upcoming film will be a fresh take on Dorothy in the Land of Oz, adding that it can draw on other elements from Garland's Wizard of Oz, like the prized ruby red slippers. And I quote, I am incredibly honored to join Tipple Hill and New Line in bringing this beloved classic to the screen, Nicole Cassell said. While the 1939 musical is part of my DNA, I am 
exhilarated and humbled by the responsibility of reimagining such a legendary tale. The opportunity to examine the original themes, the quest for courage, love, wisdom, and home feels more timely and urgent than ever. These are profoundly iconic shoes to fill, and I am eager to dance alongside these heroes of my childhood as we pave a newly minted yellow brick road." End quote. Previous screenplay drafts were written by Darren Lemke and the duo of Neil Widener and Gavin James. Marty Bowen and Wick Godfrey from Temple Hill and Mark Platt will produce. Isaac Hosner will executive produce. Mark Platt, we've been saying his name a lot. Mark Platt being, again, being the dad of um, Ben Platt, who, who's going to be starring in the Dear Evan Hansen musical movie and won a Tony. He's a great theater actor, won a Tony for uh, for Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway a couple years back. So the Mark Platt is his dad. He produced the Wicked musical on Broadway as well. He's a great producer, so did not know he was attached to it, but he's been attached to a lot of things. He's going to be attached to the Dear Evan Hansen musical movie starring his son. And now, this Wizard of Oz remake. Anyway, moving right along here, Cassell recently won an Emmy and a Director's Guild Award for HBO's Watchmen. As executive producer and director of several episodes, Cassell is regarded as the visual architect of the acclaimed series. Her flair for world building is what made New Line eager to hire Cassell to reimagine the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Cassell's first feature was The Woodsman, which premiered at Sundance Film Festival in 2004. She's also worked on The Leftovers, Vinyl, and TNT's Claws. Her upcoming projects include directing the HBO pilot The Baby and the movie Silver Seas for Participant Media. Deadline first reported the news. So I gotta give it up to Variety for this article and again Deadline for again being the first ones to drop this news. Guys, I you know I'm actually really excited. Again, I loved the Watchmen HBO series, so the fact that she directed several episodes of the Watchmen series, which was one of my favorite series from 2019. Gotta say I'm pretty stoked for this um, remake. And again, I'm open for it. I do think that 1939 is a classic, but again, it's not one of my favorite classics of all time. It's a great story, though, great music. So yeah, I'm excited, guys. Let me know what you guys think um, about this remake. Are you guys excited about it? Not. Who do you think should be cast as Dorothy and the Tin Man and Lion and Scarecrow and the Wicked Wish of the West and Glinda and, you know? Um... But there, there's no date, I don't think, as of yet, as to when this is dropping. Let me look real quick, guys. I'm gonna look to see here when, if we have a date as to when this is supposed to drop. I'm not sure. Look real quick. Not take up too much time here. Wizards of Oz remake. Release dates. Yes, I put in release date. Um, yeah, we have no. Um, this is now been announced. Who's going to be, you know, directing this uh, reimagining of the Wizarding World, the uh, Wonderful Wizard of Oz? So. 
we have no date as of yet but again guys i'm actually pretty stoked for this again nicole cassell you know um is uh you know, going to be directing who directed again several episodes of The Watchmen, which if you guys have not checked out Watchmen on HBO Max, you should check that out. It is worth it. Regina King crushes it. The whole cast though, is phenomenal. Um, if, you've lo- if you love the Watchmen comic, you should definitely give that show a try. All right, guys, moving on to our very next story, which we are going to be talking about J.K. Simmons joining the Lucille Ball movie, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, moving right along to our next topic here, we have J.K. Simmons joining Aaron Sorkin's Lucille Ball movie, starring Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. As Lucille Ball and Ricky, her husband. So this comes to us from therap.com. Courtesy therap.com. So J.K. Simmons joins Aaron Sorkin's Lucille Ball biopic, Being the Ricardos. Oh, we have a title. I didn't even know we had a title for the movie. There we go. So Being the Ricardos is the title of the Lucille Ball biopic from Aaron Sorkin. Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons has joined the cast of the Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz biopic, being the Ricardos. I said Ricky, Desi. This Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz biopic, being the Ricardos. The upcoming Amazon drama is being written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is an amazing writer and director. Gosh, that man is a genius. Anyway, so yeah, J.K. Simmons, Academy Award, J.K. winner, J.K. Simmons, of course he won his Academy Award for Whiplash, where he played the jazz teacher who was just ruthless. You can't argue with the results, could you? That man, he murdered that role. Anyway, so moving right along here, Simmons will play actor William Frawley, who was Ball and Arnaz's co-star on I Love Lucy. I've only watched clips of I Love Lucy, so I can't, I'm not like a huge fan of I Love Lucy or know any of the lore surrounding I Love Lucy, but you know, I think she, Lucy Ball was hilarious in the clips that I've seen, so I'm actually excited for this movie. And I love Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, respectively, so. Um, and Aaron Sorkin, I mean, come on, so. Um, and like J- John Campia, I'll mention him again. Like John Campia always says, it's never a mistake to hire talent. And J.K. Simmons is a talented actor. So anyway, moving right along here, Frawley played the role of Fred Mertz's Fred Mertz on the classic sitcom. Simmons joins Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, as I mentioned before, who are in final talks to play Ball and Arnez. The film will follow Ball and Arnez during a week of production on I Love Lucy, from a table read to a shoot in front of a live studio audience. Along the way, the pair faces new challenges that could never that could forever, excuse me, alter their careers and their marriage. Escape Artists will produce the film with Todd Black, Jason Blumenthal, and Steve Tisch as producers and Jenna Block and David Bloomfield. 
as executive producers. Paul and Arnaz's children, Lucy Arnaz and Desi Arnaz Jr., will also serve as executive producers with Stuart Besser and Lori Lohman. I actually like that, that Paul and Arnaz's children will help executive produce uh, the biopic. Because they, I mean, they know their parents, obviously. So they want to get it right. So that's that's comforting actually to hear to me i did not know that they were attached to this project at all which makes sense though in hindsight due to the covid 19 pandemic a start date on production has not been set of course being the ricardos will be sorkin's third film as director following molly's game and last year's the trial of the chicago 7 which was in retrospect the trial of chicago 7 was my favorite movie of last year such an uplifting such a tough film to watch though too but it was a great 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 movie if you guys have not checked out the trial of the chicago 7 on netflix it is on netflix currently right now and you should after you listen to this podcast please listen to this podcast after you listen to this though hop on to netflix and check out the trial of the chicago 7 okay so anyway being the ricardos will be sorkin's third film as director following molly's game and last year's the trial of the chicago 7 which is expected to earn multiple Oscar nominations. Simmons most recently starred opposite Andy Samberg in the Hulu comedy Palm Springs, which I've still not yet seen on Hulu, and will next be seen reprising his role as Commissioner Gordon in Justice League Snyder Cut, which premieres on HBO Max next month, which I think premieres on HBO Max March 18th, if I'm not mistaken. Simmons will also star opposite Chris Pratt in the sci-fi thriller the Tomorrow War. J.K. Simmons is repped by Gersh. Deadline first reported the news. So again, thank you to Deadline for first reporting it and also to therap.com for this article. So guys, I, again, it's never a mistake to hire talent. J.K. Simmons is a talented son of a gun. Um, again, I'm not the biggest I Love Lucy fan. I don't, you know, haven't watched multiple episodes of this show or, um, but I've seen clips on YouTube here and there, you know, and, uh, Lucille Ball, you know, was a genius, a comedic genius, I think. And, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this biopic. I wonder if they're going to, it doesn't seem like they're going to go the traditional route, which is good. Again, in the vein of like, a in the vein of um of the natalie portman uh, bio uh the natalie portman movie where she played um jackie kennedy jackie the movie's called jackie i was trying to get the title for a second jackie where it takes like a snapshot of her life rather than doing a traditional biopic and what they're doing with diana spencer's life which will be played by uh kristen stewart taking a snapshot of her life this is also taking a snapshot you know a weekend a week of shooting the I Love Lucy show in front of live studio audience, going to table reads, and later doing a taping a show in front of a live studio audience. Again, they're not going the traditional route of a biopic where they go through her whole life. You know, they're just doing a week of her life with the show. And I actually love that route. I don't mind the traditional route of biopics, but also like when they do, you know, these snapshots of their life rather, you know. And again, this movie is going to be called Being the Ricardo. So I actually really like that title. And again, Aaron Sorkin, man. Molly's Game um, was great. Molly's Game. You guys also need to check out this, like, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Molly's Game stars 
Jessica Chastain, who's one of my favorite working actors today for sure. And also Kevin Costner, who plays her father. Idris Elba is in it. And I saw that a couple years back, a few years back now, actually, at the Savannah Film Festival and fell in love with it. It was um, just a fantastic film. Aaron Sorkin is, he's had a couple misses here and there, but, you know, he's definitely a, um, a filmmaker and a writer not to miss, you know. And so, yeah, being the Ricardos, guys, the Lucille Ball biopic being the Ricardos. Again, we have no start date, like they said, because of COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic, but I will not be missing this when it drops, whenever it drops. All right, guys, so that is it for topic number two. Now we are going to go into quite a controversial topic next, where we're gonna be covering Gina Carano's firing from The Mandalorian, from Lucasfilm, in the role of Kara Dune. So yes, that is right, folks. You guys heard that right. If you guys haven't heard, our next topic, our third topic of the day is talking about Gina Carano being fired from The Mandalorian after season two from Lucasfilm. You know, Gina Carano started off her career in MMA. She was never an actress, you know. And, um, you know, I haven't really seen any of her fighting, per se. Um, As a fighter, I haven't seen any of her stuff. You know, her first movie uh, was Haywire, where she played um, an ex-like agent or something like that with Channing Tatum. This was years and years ago. Uh, let me see actually what year that came out in. Just to do some math here. So I'm actually not sure when that actually came out. Haywire, but it was called Haywire. And it was not a great film. You know, she could tell that she wasn't an actress. 2011, so that was 10 years ago. Not 15, 10 years ago was when Haywire came out. 2011. Again, Channing Tatum was in it. She played. He played her ex-lover. Haywire was not a great film. Um, it really wasn't. It was her first movie, though, you know. Um, again, so this is the plot centers. This is the synopsis for Haywire. The plot centers on Mallory Kane, who's played by Jenny Carano, a black ops operative who is betrayed by her employers and targeted for assassination in a conspiracy that she is forced to unravel. The film premiered on November 6, 2011 at the American Film Institute's Fest and received a wide release on January 20th, 2012 by Relativity, Relativity Media. It had generally positive critical reception, which with critics praising its action choreography and Soderbergh's direction, but with some criticism levied at newcomer Chronos' performance. Yeah, it was not... <laughs> Her performance was not great. It was not A plus, you know. If I had to give it a grade, or like a D, like you could tell that she wasn't an actress, you know. And so, but the action she sold, obviously sold the choreography because she was coming out of her MMA fighter. That was what she was, you know. Oh, I didn't. Ewan McGregor, Michael Fassbender, 
Bill Paxton, Channing Tatum, Antonio Banderas, Michael Douglas were all in that film. Man, that's a stacked cast. She's the weakest link in that cast. <laughs> but, um, no, but, um, and then she popped up in one of the Fast and Furious movies. I'm trying to remember which one. I think it was Seven, where she, where she her and Ronda Rousey. Was it, was it her or was it Ronda Rousey? Ooh. Okay, now I need to look that up. Um, yeah, I think it was Ronda Rousey. It was not, um, it was not, it was not Gina Carano. Looking at the cast now, though, because I have to know. Oh, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it was just Ronda. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. So never mind. Um, she popped up in other stuff here and there. But The Mandalorian, going back to the topic in hand, The Mandalorian was her big break. I mean, it was a huge opportunity for her. She was, wasn't the main character of The Mandalorian, but she... Um, but she, uh, and she's not even a great actress, but she got a huge break in landing a role of a lifetime for anyone and being a part of a Lucasfilm production, you know, in The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. And um, the first, she was introduced in the first season in episode four, I believe, where um, Den, uh, the Mandalorian himself, visits one of the planets, this forest planet, and she gets introduced as an ex shock trooper um and you know right away she was engaging and you could tell her acting had gotten better she had really worked that acting muscle you could tell that she had grown definitely grown as an actress in my opinion some people disagree um some people think she was the best part of the mandalorian which i definitely don't agree in but again her acting was significantly better and in season two I feel like she was a main character in season two. She was all over season two. Um, but anyway, so just dropped the news just dropped yesterday that Gina Carano had fired from the Mandalorian. And I'm not going to get into exactly. I'm going to get into, I'm going to quote from an Instagram post. I'm going to quote that Instagram post because it's just ridiculous. I was at work yesterday when the news dropped. It's breaking news, you know, and um, I was on on the internet at work, and because uh, it was really slow, and I saw breaking news: Gina Carano fired, you know, from Mandalorians, from Mandalorian, from Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm said that what she said was abhorrent, and and you know, and whatnot. And after reading the quote from her Instagram post, it was it was reckless. It was. You know, it was just ridiculous, which I'm going to get into in a second here. But this wasn't the first time she had made a controversial statement on social media. She had um, she had said that the pandemic was a hoax. You know, it's important to, to state that she is a Republican, that she's a Trump supporter, which if you are, you know, I'm not trying to to come after Trump supporters and stuff. You know, you have your beliefs, whatever. I'm not one personally myself, but she is, which is fine, whatever. But she, you know, she believes as many Republicans believe that, or Trump supporters, not Republicans, Trump supporters, let me correct myself. Trump supporters believe that the pandemic is a hoax. She believes it. Masks are ridiculous. That was her first real thing, I feel like. 
second thing was in, res- in regards to what um, the transgender community does and people that aren't transgender, you know, people on their profiles sometimes on Twitter or on Facebook um, have their name, their profile name, and the next to it will have their pronouns or what they, what they want to be um, called, you know, he, him, uh, she, her, you know, and um, people wanted Gina Carano to put um, her pronoun you know next to her name and she was against that and I don't like John Campy said earlier in his show today you know mentioning John Campy again I'm sorry but yeah his movie new show today was talking about like how they shouldn't have pressured her she didn't she doesn't need to do that and I agree with that she doesn't need to put that on there if she doesn't want to so but and she mocked she made fun of the pronoun thing going beep bop boop um, which, you know, you know, it was just ridiculous. So that was the second thing. And Disney, you know, Disney didn't fire her after both of those things, controversial things, but they did talk to her representation, which is UTA, and said, like, look, she needs to calm down. You, know, you need to, she needs to stop saying these things. You know, they were not happy with her, but they did not fire her. Um, after those times, this was this thing that I'm about to go into right now, though. This was the last draw for them. And this is what moved them, made them fire her, if you will. And I'm going to get into the quote right here and right now. We're going to go. Here we go. So I'm pulling this up now. Gina Carano. Instagram post. It's everywhere. It's hard not to find it. It's everywhere. So I want to quote it though, because I want to get it right here. Okay. And again, Gina Carano is off Mandalorian amid backlash over Instagram post. The studio's statement came hours after a new backlash against the actress who on Instagram compared hating someone for their political views to the persecution of Jews during the Holocaust. Holocaust. Yes, you heard that right. She compared hating someone for their political views to the persecution of Jews during the Holocaust. This this article is coming to us from nytimes.com, newyorktimes.com. I'm trying to give them their props, their due. They're all right. The actress Gina Carano, who starred as Cara Dune in the Star Wars spin-off series The Mandalorian on Disney Plus on Wednesday, compared hating someone for their political views to the persecution of Jews during the Holocaust in an Instagram post, her latest social media post, to create a fan backlash. Lucasfilm, the company within Disney that owns the show and the rest of the Star Wars franchise, condemned her comments and said in a statement that she was not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans, no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, Lucasfilm said in a statement. Ms. Carano was also dropped by her agency UTA, according to The Hollywood Reporter. As I mentioned earlier, UTA, which was her agency, has dropped her. Um... I'm trying to find the in September, Miss Chrono added beep bop boop to her Twitter bio and what many saw as mockery of people who list their pronouns. As I was just mentioning earlier, she denied that accusation and said she was responding to people who asked her to list her pronouns, exposing the bullying mentality of the mob that has taken over the voices 
of many genuine causes. She said she talked with her Mandalorian co-star Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, who helped me understand why people were putting them in their bios. Mr. Pascal would later publicly support his sister Lux Pascal, an actress who came out as transgender this week. Yes, that came out a few days ago. Um, so I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to find, oh yeah, of course she was in Deadpool. She was in Fast and Furious, the sixth one. I thought she was in one of them. I'm trying to find her exact post though. It's not in this article. Give me one second. Gina Carano. Read, read the quote to you in full. They touched on it in this article, but read to you in full guys because this if you haven't read it or seen it it's everywhere right now on social media talking about it but i want you guys to understand the gravity of what what it's just ridiculous the things she is saying in this quote and i need to pull it up here this is some of her past uh controversial things here um, she talks about, this is on Twitter, she's talking about, we need to clean up the election process so we are not left feeling the way we do today, put laws in place that protect us against the voter fraud, investigate every state, film the counting, flesh out the fake votes, require ID, make voter fraud, end in 2020, fix the system that was as of November 5th, 2020, which was election day, of course. And uh, yeah, again, many... Trump supporters also believe that, you know, there was voter fraud. Uh, and it was later found that there was, that this was the most uh, secure election. You know, there was no voter fraud, but many people still believe that. Anyway, moving along here, again, where the heck is the post, guys? I'm sorry. Um, I, where is it? This is ridiculous. All I'm trying to do is to pull up that Instagram post from Gina Carano. Um, this film, new drops, Gina Carano. Yes, but okay, guys. I'm sorry, Gina Carano. Trying to find the post here. Um, maybe it's in this one from Newsweek. Let's see. Okay, here we go, guys. This is, I just finally found, gosh, I finally found the quote from my Instagram post. This is coming to us from, uh, from Newsweek. Thank you, Newsweek.com for this, putting this in, in there. And it says, and I quote, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. All right, because history, listen to this, because history is edited. Most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? End quote. Guys, what? <laughs> There's so much wrong with that quote. Um, like, 
First of all, where it opens, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers. So she's saying that Nazi soldiers had nothing to do with Jews, that they did not beat them. They were beaten by neighbors, even by children. History is edited, spoken like a true Trump supporter. I'm sorry, but this quote, when this dropped yesterday, when I saw this quote, I immediately called my dad at work and told him, and I was like, how can she be this night? She's so ignorant, so naive, so, and I'm sorry, but all these people standing by her, I don't know why. There, it was trending yesterday. I don't know if it's still trending on Twitter now. Um, I haven't looked, but it was trending yesterday to cancel Disney. Uh, cancel Disney Plus. That was trending. That was one of the top trends yesterday on Twitter. And I was just like, "What? What? Cancel Disney Plus? No. First of all, Disney Plus ain't worried. Look, they're like one of the number one. They're like, I think they actually are the number one streaming service. Maybe Netflix still is, but I think they're number two, two or one. I think." Disney Plus is, so they're not worried about people dropping them over this. Like, come on. Anyway, this is so upsetting, man. And I actually liked Gina Carano in The Mandalorian. You know, she's not the best part. Like, some people are saying she's the best part of the show. No, I don't think that, but she, um, but she was a great part, Cara Dune. I liked her as a, I liked her character as the marshal, you know. And um, I don't know how they're gonna deal with her, her character in season three. If they're gonna kill her off, or if they're gonna. John Campbell thinks that maybe that they could, that, that maybe they can work something out, and maybe she can come back. But as of right now, she's fired from the Mandalorian, and I've said good riddance. I, I just still can't believe this quote. She doesn't believe that Nazi soldiers responsible for beating Jewish Jews. Um, talking about history is edited and comparing her political views to the persecution of Jews by Nazis. Um, I'm done. Like it's just crazy. So okay, there you guys have. There's the third topic of Gina Carano being fired from The Mandalorian after season two, guys. Tell me how you guys feel about this. Are you guys upset like I am? Are you guys don't care? Do you think that she should have been fired? Do you think she shouldn't have been fired? Or do you guys understand, you know, do you understand why they did it, but you're not happy with it, but you understand why Lucasfilm had to fire her? Because I fall in the camp of, I'm glad that she's gone. Lucasfilm made the right decision. That, you know, she's representing the Disney brand and, and, to say all this, to say that history is edited, to say that Jews weren't beaten by Nazis, but by their, but rather by their neighbors and children, it's reckless, man. It's just reckless. Like shame on her. So disappointing. Because again, I liked her character. Okay, I'm, I feel like I'm just rambling now, but so there you guys have it. That is our third topic. Gina Carano being fired from Lucasfilm, The Mandalorian. On to our last topic of today, guys. We're going to talk about The Last of Us casting news. 